Wait for it. Wait for it. And we're live. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into today's movie review. That's right. It's Santa like you've never seen him before. Fat Man, the holiday movie. Uh, But before we do that, in honor of the holidays, Christmas, if you would, Hanukkah, if you celebrate, uh, Festivus for the rest of us, I guess. Am I missing anything? No. I heard one earlier, but I'll wait till after show to tell you about that one. Ooh, sounds scandalous. Scandalous, I say. But we've got a, a new religion question for the season. Favorite holiday drink, alcoholic or caffeinated? I'm cool with both. Mm. Mm. Those are two different questions. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. That's a, that's a two parter. That's a two. Okay, all right. So let's do the first one. Uh, non-alcoholic favorite holiday beverage. Peppermint mocha coffee. Oh yes, eggnog. Mine's a peppermint mocha as well, because um, I'm a basic bee like that. The eggnog latte is pretty good, too, though. I have seen the scrambled egg-looking effect um, when you are done making an eggnog latte. I can never look at them the same way again. <laughs> the gingerbread one is not bad. The gingerbread latte? I don't think I've had that one. Those weren't around when I was still working at Starbucks or coffee shops. That one's pretty good. You'd like that one. I'll have to give it a shot. I mean, I'm game to try anything. Mm-hmm. At least once. All right, so now we've got the alcoholic beverage version. Ooh. Well, usually it would be a. Uh... Oh my god, what is the name of it? It's essentially brandy and ice cream. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it's it's brandy and ice cream. That sounds delicious. Oh, it's amazing! It's like a, almost like a milkshake once it's all mixed in there, or. A, Brandy float. <laughs> I have had um, people put a little bit of bourbon, a little bit of honey bourbon in your mocha as a holiday yeah. beverage, essentially. I mean, they don't call it a mocha, but oh yeah, it's pretty good. It's a Brandy Alexander. I think you put cinnamon and nutmeg on the top of it. Oh, that does sound good. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. Dangerous, though. Mm-hmm. So do you guys have any cool holiday traditions? The Grinch. It's my drink. Sorry. I was just going to throw that in there. The Grinch. Oh, okay. It, yeah. It's a mimosa, but you put um, blue Caraco in it, and it makes it turn Grinch green. Oh, cool. And, yeah. I mean, it's a mimosa. They're dangerous anyway. So She gave me, like, two of them on Friday. She's like, hey, I got this new drink. You want one? And I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. And it's like 10 a.m., which is a perfect time for mimosas. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's cool. And it, I had those, – those two went down, like, super smooth. Like, I had never drank a, drank a liquid in the last – 72 hours just just went down mm-hmm. i'm like that is so good so i had like three more and then i'm like nothing is getting accomplished today until i like get some food in me <laughs> awesome it's so good yeah i love it okay um so yeah for me i just i've tasted it they used a honey bourbon in a mocha um but not the Starbucks version. So it was like the richer, it was a Gordello. starts with a G, the GH. Gordelli. Gordelli. It was one of those syrups in uh, in espresso, um, light on the milk, and then add honey bourbon. 
and it was such a good combination. I was not convinced the honey and the chocolate would go well together, but it was surprisingly good. it does. You know, they actually make those in Ghirardelli Square. Yeah, you have to go to San Francisco for it, so good luck. Yeah. But they wait, 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 you mean the chocolate company is in, in San Francisco? Yeah, it, it was it was started shop. it was founded in, in San Francisco. There's a whole square. You have Ghirardelli Square in San Francisco. And it's there's a of... they have a Ghirardelli coffee shop and yep. they make all the different variations, even the alcoholic ones, and they serve it to you with whipped cream on top and a perfect little Ghirardelli square of chocolate on top of your coffee. They have a um, a coffee or excuse me a chocolate stop near my mom that's called the Royal Chocolate. It's in downtown Virginia Beach. Um, it's near where my mom lives, and they do a European sipping chocolate, which is like hot chocolate but even richer. Yeah. It's like drinking molten chocolate. Yeah, surprisingly good. But I they serve it you in little teacups yep. because you can yeah. drink a full like eight ounces of that. Like you'd die. You'd go into yeah. a diabetic coma. Oh, you yeah. will develop diabetes. And then go into a diabetic coma. And then uh, die. You'll diabetes. die smiling, but you will die. <laughs> what a way to go, though. <laughs> right? But, uh, but that's that's pretty good. And then I had a friend of mine that, uh, Pepper, when she was up in Hershey, Pennsylvania, she got some of the fresh stuff. It, you know, you would think, oh, yeah, sure, they're just selling regular stuff like you get at, you know, at the grocery store or whatever. Right. It's just the same packaging. But when it's fresh off the line, like, you could definitely taste the difference. Because she yeah. had brought it, like, it was within 12 hours of her picking it up because she picked it up on the way south because uh, they live in, in Florida. And she dropped it off for me. And uh, so my niece and I were eating it, and we were pretending like we were being, like, wine snobs. Ooh, I could definitely tell, be- taste Bessie in this one, <laughs> just having fun with it. Like, mm, I'm detecting notes of hickory, <laughs> you know. Did you know yeah. that in Hershey, Pennsylvania, you can also take a chocolate bath? Wait, what? Yeah. So my grandfather's from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, okay. And I know they, that shit sounds unsanitary. They have um <laughs> they have, you know, the theme park. Right. And the hotel the Hershey Hotel, and you can stay at the hotel and in their spa they offer a chocolate bath. And it's almost like a mud bath, but they use uh cocoa powder um in with like the bubble bath, I guess, and it's a chocolate bath and you come out smelling like a candy bar. Interesting. I, I have a, uh, I have a spray for that. I don't have to go. I don't feel about having chocolate in some of my chocolate areas. You know what I mean? I don't think it's actual chocolate. I think it's like they use the cocoa to make the chocolate smell in the bubble bath. But yeah, they call it the chocolate bath, and it's kind of like a mud bath, but it smells chocolatey. Cool. Okay. Okay. So, what about any favorite holiday traditions? Ooh. Well, we just decorated the tree. I love decorating the tree. Yeah, that's day after Thanksgiving. Tree goes up. Um, the one present on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. We had to watch Die Hard. Got to watch Die Hard. Mm-hmm. It is not Christmas until Hans Gruber hits the bottom. That's and right. They have, they have an advent calendar of that now. That I Wait, know. really? I thought that was just like a spoof. That's real? No, that, it's on Amazon, dude. The, the Hans Gruber advent calendar. Dude, you are you're gonna listen to this. It might be too late this year, but it's definitely next year. Oh, for sure. Um, we so do- I have. Um, oh, continue, continue your uh, Garber family traditions. Yeah, it's a lot of movie watching, so it's got to be. We started off with uh, vac- um, Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, I still laugh at the same dumb parts I've laughed at since I was like twelve. The cats. I do. 
uh, yeah, the cat, uh, the little one-liners between uh, Clark and his neighbors. Uh, so it's a lot of movie watch. So we'll do that. Uh, last night we did Elf. So Elf has to be played. Die Hard needs to be played. The Grinch. Uh, the Grinch needs to be played. That's all before. Usually Grinch we watch on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we do the Grinch on Christmas Eve, usually with either coffee or hot cocoa. And we all do the one gift. Um, I absolutely love stuffing the stockings. Like, I like getting all the little candies and the goodies and stuff and actually yeah, I don't filling know. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to pull off her stocking this year. Because, like, her present is sitting in my locker at the station. So she wants to move around and find the damn thing. So I don't know how I'm going to get it from the station. It's gonna be. I'm going to have to involve some elves or some shit to get it there. I am the worst when it comes to presents. All of your presents are sitting on the coffee table. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like I know, I know what I'm getting for for Christmas already. So, and then uh, New Year's Day, it's uh, you got the Christmas story going. Uh, it's wonderful. Oh, you try out. That's right. There's a funny story about that. So I don't know if it's true because I haven't been able to find it. But there's a guy that was such a fan of it. He bought the house that it was filmed in. And uh, yeah, they filmed the sequel there, too. And then apparently from from the urban legend I heard, and I've got to track this down. I just don't know how I would. Supposedly his wife was like, oh, this is a waste of money. And she left him over it. And then he turned it into a museum and made bank after she was gone. I love it. I love it. I love spite. I love love petty. Petty, petty. I love it. Well, so, we just watched a, a horror movie called It's a Wonderful Knife. That one was really good, and we watched Krampus that night, And then too. Krampus. You gotta, you gotta have the good, the bad with the good. So. You have to do the good and the bad, especially living with me, the horror queen. We did um, It's a Wonderful Knife, and then we did Krampus, and I still have one left on the list, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, yeah, the first one. The first one. Gotta watch that one. Yeah, that one's weird. Gotta have a slasher. Gotta have a slasher. Okay, got it. Balance. It's all about balance. Okay. What are yours, Jr.? Yeah, what is you, your family? Oh, I struggled with Christmas. Uh, we saw some intense um, extracurricular activities once upon a time in a desert far, far away around Christmas because they like to um, do pew pew things to you because they knew the holidays were important to you. So yeah. I never, like, I was kind of bah humbug mostly. Like, I, that's part of how I coped because I just didn't deal with holidays. And um, recent developments have sort of forced me to, like, work through some of that. Um, and so I've realized that, like, that even if it's holidays, like, I, I'm, I might not ever be, like, a holiday person. I might be a Grinch for the rest of my life, but I can at least fake it for for the friends and family, right? So, so far this year, I started doing the Christmas music. There's a station locally that just plays nonstop from like Halloween, but we don't turn it on till December 1st. And so we've been doing the Christmas movies whenever we're driving, Christmas music, whenever we're driving. Um, And then I'm letting my kid pick out a holiday movie every weekend. Saturday and Sunday, we're watching a holiday movie. Um, On right around Christmas, we do, he does love the Home Alone series. I'm still, I, I've come to the conclusion as adult, by the way, the Home Alone family, like he's got to be into drugs or something. Like, how is he affording that family and that vacation? Like, what's well, funny is because the actor that plays the dad in the 80s was always playing a narco smuggler. So I don't know if you guys noticed it. And I only recently come to notice it because you were at work 
I started watching uh, the Santa Claus movies. I watched the first Home Alone. Did you notice that when they spill the soda during the dinner, like with the pizza and everything, they spill the soda, they start cleaning it up. They're telling him that, you know, he's a problem, everything like that. And they throw everything it's in the trash. It's so funny. You guys are just now noticing his shit. ticket, his plane ticket, Kevin's plane ticket got thrown into the garbage. Oh, I caught that. Yeah. So this whole time, he wouldn't have been on a plane anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, it's funny. Like the, uh, the social media turns like, oh, I'm, I'm this years old when I noticed this. And they played the video and I'm like, that's like the first thing I noticed watching that movie. I'm like, that motherfucker wouldn't get, that motherfucker wouldn't get on the plane anyway. In all fairness, I'm younger than you guys. And yeah. I didn't travel. Amy. I, I did not travel at all as a child. So I didn't know what plane tickets looked like. Um, so now that I'm older, you take me traveling quite a bit. I know I always get paper tickets. I prefer paper tickets than using my they, cell phone they, or they anything. Get paper tickets when I check in. Yeah. Well, you know, people use their cell phone to check in. I don't. Um, I prefer paper school. tickets because I use my phone for everything. And if it dies, at least I still have that paper ticket I can get on. So. Yeah. But uh, I never knew what a plane ticket looked like. Until I was in my teens when my mom stopped being a nurse and became a um, a flight attendant. And that's when I learned what a plane ticket looked like. And I never really went back and watched Home Alone after that until I got even older. So, yeah, I never noticed that was his plane ticket. Okay. I, noticed, I noticed as an adult, but to, like you, I didn't ever really fly. Like, we just drove everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Everything we did was on the East Coast. So, you just drive up and down the interstate. And, of course, the... Yeah. The parents would pile you into the like a right when you're about to go to bed, so you sleep through the whole thing. Which, if you can pull an all nighter, is the way to go. No screaming kids. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. But my yeah, so my grandparents were in Utah, so and my aunts and uncles were out here in California, so we just drove. We didn't fly anywhere. We just drove everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I so, can't with the plane ticket. So I'm I'm working on building some new family traditions. We never really had any. Like we did the Christmas breakfast, opened the presents, and just watched TV. Was never football, but we just watched TV as we like had our food coma. Do you guys have a traditional Christmas breakfast, like like something that you guys made every year? Or we used to do a, like a breakfast casserole, but it's such a pain to eat, like or to make, and it's just we're gonna yeah, come up was, with something different. That was my my uh, grandmother's jam with the big baking sheet the glassware yeah yeah the pyrex and it's like yeah basically there's like 27 eggs in there you know it's basically scrambled eggs in a casserole well yeah because like the my family when it was usually at my house my dad's house um so his five six brothers two sisters 90 cousins I got kicked out of my room for like a month and a half because they would show up right after Thanksgiving and they would leave till well after New Year's because they were all trying to cheat the system instead of actually going to jobs. Um, so it was big. and But he, we'd drive up to Oregon because my grandmother was involved in like three plane crashes over her life. So she goes, I don't fly anymore. So we'd have to drive up to Oregon, go get her, bring her back down to Central California. Um. And then, yeah, Christmas morning, she was making that giant cast egg casserole. And it was like two packages of bacon, nine pounds of ground sausage, whatever was left over in the fridge. I think I, there was spaghetti in there one year. I don't know, but it was delicious. 
you know, and then we'd have like a vat of salsa to put on top of it and sour cream. That does sound good, though. Yeah, it was. It, it, I'm not saying it wasn't delicious. Probably, probably one of my like nine best meals of my life. Mine was whatever we had in the fridge. So if we had bacon and eggs and pancake mix, that's what I was making. I was the cook of the family, so it was whatever I could whip up. Junkyard eggs were always my favorite. And then once I had Caden, once I had my son, um, Christmas kind of took a, a left turn. Like, no, like a U-turn. <laughs> because yeah. Caden was born on Christmas Day. So... <laughs> Half of the house would be decorated for Christmas. The other half of the house would be decorated for a birthday party. We would do Christmas in the morning. And as soon as Christmas was done, it transitions to birthday. So it was, I never had to cook Christmas dinner, like ever. He'd be like, it's whatever he wanted. So you want pizza for dinner? We're ordering pizzas on Christmas day or whatever he happens to want. Like last year, I think we did prime rib. I think you wanted prime rib. Because that's for... my tradition for Christmas. He, he's like, I want prime rib for dinner. And you were like, perfect. It works with my tradition. And I was like. Good. Because okay. we were having that anyway, no matter what you said. <laughs> and it became a thing. But yeah, we just kind of, you know, as soon as Christmas is done, we move on to birthday. But we don't actually do cake until the evening. We wait until the evening. Got the Christmas birthday cake. We only did a Christmas birthday in 2020 because we could not find a birthday cake. Yeah. So that's sweet though. But yeah, so I don't know what we're gonna cook this year, but we're 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 trying things out. I'm gonna gonna make an effort going forward. I, I will say that um a honey ham's nice. Getting I sent you a cookbook. You did. My I'm working on get my mom to uh to digitize it and then so I can send it back. She uh for those who don't know, she sent me her grandmother's World War II canning cookbook recipes uh that the government put out. And so it's so fragile that we're working on scanning it. Um so that seven is soiling green. Yeah, but we're working on scanning it so then we can print out a copy we can actually use. And then obviously, uh, I think it's Lulu. You said you could do it with. Is that the website you can print uh, print on demand like solo vanity book? Are you talking to me? He's talking to you. Yeah, you oh, said <laughs> I got a, I got a bunch of printing options. But yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna print <laughs> us. And uh, if anybody. Uh, is friendly enough with Stabby, you could reach out to her once it's digitized. She might share the uh, the file because it, it is hers to share. But it is the uh, official U.S. government canning World War II rationing cookbook. It's super fun. I sent you two canning and one regular cookbook that yeah. does have breakfast in it. Just saying. I'll have to check it out. I haven't <laughs> used it because it is so <laughs> fragile. And the historian in me is like, oh, no, we must preserve. We must preserve. Are you wearing white gloves when you, when you flip through the pages? I used to. That was how I was trained, but I'm told they teach you not to do that now because there's more chance stuff in the white glove than there is the oils on your skin as far as damaging. I don't know what the uh, the industry standard is anymore. I have, I mean, grad school was 06. So, it's oh, so I'm going to be honest with minute, you. Yeah. Great grandma, it was my great grandma, and great grandma Annie would be telling you from heaven, she's over there telling you, JR, just grab the book and cook something. <laughs> That woman no. didn't care if the book was falling apart. You cannot read the pancake page in the other book that I have here anymore because they have been glued together and peeled apart so many times with yeah. pancake mix that you cannot read that page at all anymore. You just got to wing it. 
but um, she would write her own additions and subtractions into the recipes. Like she would not want you to wear white gloves and, and handle it with care. She'd tell you to just cook the dang food. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know what we're going to do for that, but I just, the VA recently hired some new people locally and, for the first time, like all of the, the therapy they do, and we don't want to get too down. It's a holiday episode. But a lot of the therapy they, is geared towards, oh, you were a draftee, which isn't true anymore. Or you were just following order, which doesn't work. You're the NCO or officer in charge. Right, because you're the one giving them. You're the one giving them. So like sometimes like you did the right thing. You gave the orders and bad things still happen to your people. And it's a necessary evil. But living with it afterwards sucks. Yeah. And so finally finding a therapist that understood that, because I got a new one when mine retired, has been like, I, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm walking lighter for the first time, which has been nice. But so I decided to start making an effort for the holidays. So report back next year when we do the same episode reviewing another holiday movie. We will talk about new traditions because they will exist. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. We, we um, change it up as much as we can every year. We're like, okay, so this we do the same, but let's change this up. Let's do something different. Well, the theme, like, the theme is the movies. It doesn't necessarily matter what movie, right? Right. No, uh, there's certain movies that we watch on certain days. So with us, um, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, and um, uh, National Lampoon is all on Thanksgiving. We do that while we're eating Thanksgiving dinner. That's the start of, of the winter holiday. Um, so we start right on Thanksgiving. The football game is over. We're, you know, in our turkey coma. We're watching those movies. And then we scatter the rest of our movies throughout. The only thing, um, movies that, the only other movie that stays in place is um, The Grinch. We watch The Grinch um, on Christmas Eve. Nice. Every all the rest of the movies, which just whenever we are in the mood, like we we randomly did Elf last night. We were just like, "What do we want to watch? What do we want to?" I was getting, I was getting uh, burnt out on some of the stuff we were watching. I was like, "You know, wait, let's watch Elf. Let's get this out of the way." <laughs> well, and when he gets hit by the taxi cab, that is <laughs> my favorite part. I've been laughing at that since I saw it in the freaking theater. So before we move too far afield, let's ask this, dear listener, dear viewer, uh, in the comment section, wherever you find us or over on the Facebook or all the things, what are your family traditions and what uh, what holiday movies do you enjoy? So join the so conversation. That's, that's part of why we do this. We're trying to build a community. Towards that community, we had a Discord. Um, it was created by a friend of the, the Garbers. Unfortunately, they had some technical snafus. Uh, and when they lost their Discord, we lost the the group they we had. Lost, we we lost the Discord. Yeah, so I made a new one. I'm looking for some help. If any of you are Discord gurus and you want to help out, we're trying to set it up. And then once we have it set up, we're going to make it public. Um, ideally, what we'd like to do is have one section for just the listeners, and then if you're an author or a frequent guest, like you get first call when we're doing open uh, open calls or. Um, if you want like a review episodes, that sort of thing. So one sidetrack for the, the panelists and then generically all the things for all the guests. And you can talk to the guests. Spot opens on the casting couch. And that is how the Garber family grew. One more baby. No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. uh, he's like, joke's on you. I ruined the plumbing. Um, That's right. Take a, that'd be a miracle baby. And I'm, I'm going to be in some money. That would be a double miracle, baby. 
I'm just saying. Guest spot on Oprah. I'm going to be ringing it in, baby. Yeah, all right. Well, while you're on Oprah, see if they'll buy our books. We can yeah. that old Oprah. Book. I'm under the seats of all the, uh, the the viewers. All yeah. The all right. So now that we got that out of the way, uh, this was a fun detour. I didn't expect to spend 24 minutes doing that, but I'm glad we did. Let's start talking about the movie. So Ooh. first off, we we obviously the movie is Fat Man with Mel Gibson. Uh, Nick, can you share the trailer for us real quick? I can. I'm gonna hit the play button, and I need you to. Do the other thing. Wait, hold on. I got the sound off. I know what I'm doing wrong. I've lost my influence. Maybe it's time I retired the coat. You still have it. Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. <laughs> The United States military would like to procure your services. This is a one-time deal, gentlemen. How are you, Mike? Nicole and the kids are well, I hope. Where are you? What's the job? I'd like you to kill Santa Claus. I'm looking for the fat man. You can't be serious. This is what people actually think of me. Christmas is a farce. I am a joke. What's the purpose of your visit? Hunting. I'm going to kill some things. There is a rising number of our youth making poor decisions. What the big man's head? Severed heads rot. They mold. They don't want his beard. I'm not shaving off a dead man's beard. Your workers sure have healthy appetites. That's why elves live much longer than humans. And Chris, he does the same. <laughs> no, it's a giving that keeps him young. I've come for your head, fat man! Dashing through the snow No one horse opens You think you're the first? Oh, Think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly. Oh, come on, you sleep. The fat man's got his eye on you, kid. Oh, that's Donner. Lucky it wasn't Blitzer. Should tear your package clean off. All right, so that was the trailer. Uh, would it make you want to watch it if you we weren't doing the review? Yeah. Yeah, that got me when I saw it. It'll so, hurt me. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I really resonated with uh, Chris in this movie <laughs> i mean red foreman is santa claus he's like oh thank you i was about to say that right like everybody that's that red foreman speaks to that is him as santa claus i mean minus the ginger hair uh he freaking and- nailed it mel gibson nailed it in that one like yeah. it was just it was too good and then you have marianne marianne john baptiste as ruth 
I heard originally when they when they aired the movie, there were some complaints that um, that Santa's wife wasn't wasn't white, right? Because that's in the iconography. I don't actually care because man, that actress nailed it. Yeah, I think this is one of those times watchers were like doing it for nothing. You have her in one scene where she's like just sitting there knitting a blanket, and she's like. I guess I was stress knitting. I made the blanket too big for the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then in a whole nother scene, she's running trading around. Trading gunfire. She's trading gunfire and running around with a flintlock. And you're like, my girl. <laughs> See, the flintlock was a hint that they were older. Like they, they weren't just, right. They weren't just a new Santa. Like, you know, the, the like Santa Claus, the Santa yeah. Claus or whatever. Like these were like, she's doing old, it for, for a old woman. Right, because you that that flintlock looks like worn in. It didn't look like a prop piece, right? And he never house. called her Mrs. Claus. No, he called her Ruth. I think he called her Mrs. Kringle. Did he? I thought he called her Ruth once or twice. Yeah, yeah. he called her by Ruth her Kringle. her her name. He called her Ruth and Honey and and everything like that. But he never called her Mrs. Claus. And they do that a lot in um in the newer Santa movies. They always oh Mrs. Claus or Come here, Mrs. Claus. Give me a kiss or something like that. And he not they gave, her, they gave her identity and agency in yep. this movie. Right. He said he told her, "I love you, Mrs. Kringle," and I was like, "Good on you, bud." Good on you. I dig. I dug it. You dig it. I dig it. I dug it. <laughs> it was just a fun movie. It yeah, was, it really yeah, it was. was. I I think the um. I think Walter Goggins as a skinny man really kind of stole the show on that. So before we dive in too much, yeah. we're at the half hour mark. Let's go ahead and play our sponsor. And Nick and I are sponsoring this episode because why wouldn't we? We're cool like that. Yeah. Um, let's let's roll that beautiful footage and uh, the very hmm, top notch. Ho, ho, oh, hell. Is that sleigh bells ringing in your ears or a few rounds from an M60? You wanted the jolly fat man to bring Yuletide joy, but the season has gifted you with a heartbreaker and a life taker. Badass Santa. Grab your eggnog and camouflage candy canes. Strap on your bulletproof holiday stockings and prepare for thrills and kills. From bloodstained rebellion at the North Pole to a black ops raid on a distant planet, these 18 action-packed tales will show you Saint Nick as you have never seen him before. It's all you'll want for Christmas. Oh, freaking standing. Oh, I love that one. Nick, you're a nice story in there with so much fun to write. So the uh, of that anthology was <laughs> right as we announced that. It started with the meme where it's, you see the picture of Santa as like an operator kicking in a door. And every year we'd be like, we should really write that as an anthology. And we just never did. And finally, last year, I think it was, where they were like, hey, like, I'll pre-buy them if you write that. Like, I want to read those stories. So we did it. 
Um, my goal for 2024 is to learn marketing so I can get that in more hands. It is criminally underviewed and underappreciated. Those stories are amazing. I have an idea for a sequel for our short. But so that was the idea that started it. And right when we were about to publish it, Fat Man came out. So I was like, how perfect is this? Yeah. It, it didn't uh, didn't help with the sales. But I, I do think the fact that it hasn't been seen by people doesn't mean it's not good. That's the right. problem with uh, some of the pay-to-play markets is stuff doesn't get the appreciation it needs. Uh, it just people see what, you know, big publishers have the most money to spend. But Nick and I, our story was uh, Santa has hit us. Basically, the Santa's elves were basically like rangers. Um, so the elves were the focus of the story. The elves were the badass. And sort of, uh, if you guys have seen um, the Muppets where the, the the parents are just sort of big and in the background, you never really see anything but their legs. We kind of went with that vibe for Santa. He was sort of bigger than life, but he wasn't really there. And then we just had elves stacking bodies. But instead of using machine guns like the elves and Fat Man, uh, they were doing uh, old school with bow and arrows and knives. They did have the arrow gatling gun. Which they was did, awesome. but those were real. Like everything we did as far as technology, because we wanted them, like we basically, yeah. it existed. And our whole premise of that story was the elves were feral until Santa's magic like tamed them. And when evil was overtaking, because that's a common theme in these stories, he unleashed, he unleashed the feral to make the, the goodness come back. The idea of the story, and this was the premise, Nick was like, well, you know, if you can't make more good people, eliminating more bad does the same thing mathematically. You said yeah. it as a joke, and I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm in. And we wrote <laughs> You son of a bitch, I'm in. Let's write this. Yeah, yeah and the, um, the mask that we gave him, too. Where, oh, where yeah. The good elves go bad. They're like, well, we used to be yeah. a barrel. Remember our bro Krampus? Let's wear a mask <laughs> like his face. So that was that was a lot of fun. And um there was also talk if uh, if Nick ever has any spare time when he's not, you know, sleeping and eating and doing the work thing, that this could be a, a totally a kick-ass comic, like a one-off comic. Oh, yeah. I, There's I, so many ideas. We could put that story, and then I had an idea for a rescue op involving the elves for a second story around Christmas time again. So speaking of Christmas elves, like this reminds me of a tr one tradition that I forgot, but there's this movie, a cartoon series called Hook and Landing about the prep team for Santa. They're elves that go out and like prepare the landing for Santa's sleigh. Like we could have been, they're basically elf pathfinders. Yeah. It's badass. They're like, they're like lighting yeah. it with. Why, like, why, why am I just hearing about this now? didn't know that you didn't know who that was well i didn't you know that. Watch that. kevin's ticket away either but we're still married we'll add it well to you know what you know what we have one more um holiday movie to plan let's see if we can't put this together and get this out before christmas we will review hook and landing hook and landing it's a book I think review? That's what it's called. no it's a movie it's a cartoon it's a kid's movie it's on disney right, i don't think so we will track it down and we will get post post production. We will get we will make that review happen. I'm totally watching a movie about elf pathfinders. Oh yeah, it's good. It's good. But like I, I could see us doing something like that too, because basically we like turn the elves into the spec ops. Yeah. Uh, and and you even helped create the terminology they were using. It was so much fun. Um and now that I'm doing the um because my cover artist, that cover was amazing, glorious. Uh, Jamie Glover nailed it. Like, he had to go and you know make babies and get a real job with Prep insurance. Prep and landing. That's what's. Prep and landing. There we go. 
But um, but yeah, but yeah, that, that was amazing. Uh, now that I'm doing my anthologies as J.R. Hanley uh, presents over with Three Ravens, uh, maybe that's something we can plan for next year. Is a is another Christmas anthology. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. landing and Disney does have it. So if you're listening, we're going to do a review of that one. You'll it'll have to air after this one, so the chronology of the episodes makes sense. But we're doing the thing. We're doing the thing. So they have the movie, but they also did a series that follows up after the movie. What? Nice. So do we know any Pathfinders that we can invite to this episode as our review? I don't. Uh, we might have one in the list, maybe. I I might. We'll we're going to have to see if we can do that. So, but uh, enough of that. Like we're we're here to talk about, you know, not the logistics, although I actually think when we go off script they actually enjoy those episodes more by the reviews. <laughs> they're, like, can't they're just sitting in the living room with us. Like I'm just right there watching the crazies. Um, no, but here's my thing when it comes to fat man, I loved that they didn't make the elves all holly jolly either. I needed to say that before I forgot what I was thinking. Because they were still very polite. For, they were very polite. The foreman was a foreman though. Like he yeah. was like, Hey man, I got stuff to do, and you're in my way. We're gonna get it done. He but... was. They were. They were polite, but they were down to business. Like, like they they did not play the whole holly jolly. No, role. but they did. They did the food thing. Remember when the the yeah, military was trying to get them? So that's part of the theme of the movie: is the military trying to recruit the Santa's workshop candy, candy corn, candy canes, and syrup. And they had waffles with sprinkles on them and syrup. It was it was basically diabetic coma. It's that old uh, guy. Diabetes. Seven had a big mug of Fanta. Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts putting sprinkles and shit in there. And I was uh, like, you know what? It looks disgusting, but I'd probably drink that. Yeah. yeah. In my youth, I might have tried. Nowadays, I'm like, I'm counting the calories. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Bullshit to noise ratio. My mouth is messed up. You get canker sores. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay. So the premise of this movie, we kind of hinted at it, but it's uh, what they consider American black comedy. And by black comedy, they mean dark comedy um, for, you know, translating that to uh, to English. Action film written and directed by Esham Nelms and Ian Nelms, starring Mel Gibson, Walter Goggins, and Mary, Mary Ann Jean Baptiste. Jean uh, Baptiste. I probably butchered that. I'm sorry to all of our Franco listeners. And Eric Wolf, who played our lovable foreman, Seven. Uh, and an unorthodox slant on holiday traditions that followed a jaded, gritty Santa Claus who struggles often with the EMU uh, production issues, government interference, and an embittered assassin sent by a vengeful, naughty kid. So that is the movie in review. A um, asshole 12-year-old. Right, right, right. So now that we've said that, uh, it was produced in 2020, or was released in 2020, runs an hour and 40 minutes. Um, I, it is for sale for $3.99 on Prime Video. Uh, you could buy it in Blu-ray for $12.99. Or for you guys that have a Peacock subscription, you can yeah, watch it on there. Yeah, yeah, I was getting to that. Um, it was yeah, the title. Somebody, I got your back, bro. It's, it's, again, it's the title of the movie is Fat Man. Um, so the ad copy was basically what Nick said. But can you read that again? Sure. Uh, a rowdy, unorthodox Santa Claus, Chris Kringle. Uh, is fighting to save his declining business. Meanwhile, Billy, a neglected and precocious 12-year-old asshole, 
hires a hitman to kill Santa after receiving a lump of coal in his stocking. Actually, it was boxed. So, but, yeah. but that's the synopsis right there. Is like, and I hated this kid. I I think the only kid I hated more than this in a in a film or TV series with Joffrey on Game of Thrones. Yes. So normally they say don't kick the puppies or the little kids. I'd make an exception for this little kid. Oh yeah, dude, he hired the hitman to kidnap a girl and then like torture her. Went all Tony Soprano on her. So, so he could win a blue ribbon for a science fair. Come on. He he's the un like winner year after year of the science fair, and this year they voted. Uh, and it looked like her project was subpar, but they just wanted to see him not win because it got the impression the staff hated him too. I don't need to win. I just need him to lose. Pretty much. And so they gave it to the girl that, you know, arguably would have come in second place. And so he kidnaps her. And But she was a nice girl. She was sugar and spice and everything nice, you know, all about the holidays. She she was definitely on the nice list. She was definitely on the nice list. So it was it was kind of cool. And her um her poor dog. Coco, was it cocoa beans or whatever it was? Jo- 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 Juju beans. Juju beans. Yeah. Juju. yeah. The hitman was like, I'll kill your dog too. I'm like, not the dog, not Juju no, beans. Not the dog. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the setup. But uh, did that did that ad copy, would that have sold you if you hadn't seen the trailer? I'm still game. I, I'm pretty sure I'd still be into it. Like, you know, Santa like dropping bodies. You know, because it's such a juxtaposition to like the uh, traditional character that we all know and love. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so that alone would spark my interest. Like, hey, Sam is dropping bodies, and he may have been an operator in Denang in '68. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the next part of the review is we got to talk about the main characters. So, who were the main characters in the Garber family? I- I'm-, I'm pretty sure we're going to agree. Well, I mean, obviously, you got you got Fat Man, Chris Kringle, played by uh, Mel Gibson, yeah. uh, who. Was the epitome of tough guys in the eighties um, and nineties. Um, still a great actor. Still has it. Still has the chops. Still makes you believe uh, the character that he creates for himself when he does act. You know, so he sold that character really well. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the disenfranchised Santa Claus. So what happens when you know Santa stops believing in himself? You know, type of thing. So. Um, that was very believable. You actually felt it that he was, you know, that that he was in a slump. You know? When um, when the Ruth said, uh, "It's not the world that's changed; you've changed too," mm-hmm. and that line hit. Like you, you could feel. Oh, like I, you and I have had this conversation offline about like the uh, questioning everything we thought we fought for once upon a time, and so yeah. like, we've been there. Like the, the way uh, post-war the GWAT soldiers have sometimes been treated. Um, I could definitely relate to our to our non-brethren. So to see that in movie form, like that was every post-war, post-Vietnam veteran, I think, right there. Yeah, the world, yeah I changed, the world changed, and those two uh, ideologies of why I did what I did, they don't line up anymore. Yeah. You know? And I, I saw that maybe it's just us, but that that hit real hard for me. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could have just as easily called this PTSD Santa. Well, there was a yeah. scene where Chris and um, Chris was talking with Herman and Herman goes, Merry Christmas, Chris. And he goes, school kids are lighting their uncles on fire and throwing bowling balls off bridges. What's merry about that? Yeah. Uh, I was I was there for it, too. Like. He definitely he put it into perspective that like the the world's going crazy, 
And that kind of sparked with me because in 2020, when this movie came out, I was traveling back and forth between Nevada and California to see you, to yeah. see Nick. And at one point there was a riot going on in Riverside and we were told over the radio, put your foot, put your foot on the gas pedal and do not stop this go. It does not matter even how fast you're, how fast you're going because there were kids throwing things off of the overpass. And I was like, there is no way this is, this is legit. And I was going through Riverside and I'm seeing cars swerving because things are coming off the overpass. So I got all the way into the left lane and I freaking nailed it. And luckily the only thing that hit my windshield was somebody's Nike. Somebody threw their shoe. And I was like, I called him shortly after. I'm like, I'm going 90 on the 15. I'm apparently allowed to. And I just had a shoe bounce off of my windshield. So yeah, I can feel Santa not feeling super merry about the world in that moment, you know, <laughs> like yeah. kind of lost their marbles. So I was, here for, I was here for all the coal. All yeah. The coal. I, I would definitely agree that it was, it was fat man, otherwise known as Chris Kringle that Mel Gibson played in the Hitman, which I think he goes by, what was it? Slender man or something. Uh, skinny man. That's how he's, um, he ends up Chris and recognizes him because that's one of the great things about this movie it, it plays that trope that Santa Claus knows every little boy that ever wrote a letter to him. Oh, or even the ones that didn't because of that scene in the bar. Yeah. The guy's about to step out on his wife with the uh, bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's your like, wife probably wouldn't like that. <laughs> and he's like telling him who he is. So, so Santa still knows everybody around the world. He remembers their faces. And he gets uh, – there was a touching scene where he had like a list of files. It was like a uh, – uh, what they've been doing now – based on the gifts that he he brought them, you know, yeah. like somebody came in a cook and an airline pilot and a firefighter and wanted to thank Santa for, you know, instilling that flame in them, you know. So that was really cool. Um, so he ends up recognizing, I, I don't remember the name of the uh, skinny man who was played by Walter Goggins, who plays the bad guy to a T in everything that he's in. And he always play. he does something with his eyes where it's just like, if I didn't know it any better, this guy spent years in combat. He has that stare, you know, like you're notice his eyes in that. It's just, he just, his brain is a bag of cats. You can smell crazy. on. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to write that down and steal that. I stole it from the Avengers. Okay. But yeah. Like that's, that's the, 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 um, I would say he is the antagonist because he has that, um, hobby of his you know because he never got a toy he got one toy from santa it was a little uh car. like a, mini box. He's a police, police car. car yeah you know and that was the only thing that had the main santa's workshop label on it you know so he's gone his whole life collecting with the money he's making from being a hitman you know collecting other people's toys that had the official made in santa's workshop seal so you know it, like this hit was personal for him it was personal. He wanted answers, you know, and he also wanted to know why his childhood sucked. Jonathan Miller was his. Jonathan name. Miller was his actual name. Yeah. So I, th I thought that was a really cool aspect of the story. Um, before Fat Man decided he wanted to, you know, put extra holes in this guy. Well, um, was actually trying to reason with him. 
on a human level. I think the part that kind of struck with me when it came to that confrontation between Skinny Man and Fat Man was um, he said, this is all you brought me. This is all you brought me. And he held up that that matchbox car. And he, you know, he told him, he said, son, there's even limits to my magic. I can, I could not bring your parents back. And then you remember back can, to that. I can replace your parents. And he, he, um, he said, um, and then you kind of go back to that file of the kids that got, you know, a cooking set and became a chef. He got that police car. It gives you the, 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 the impression. impression that his parents died tragically and the cops were there to help. Yeah, but know? I think he came from an abusive family too because he asked that one kid, he's like, you know, you know what I got for Christmas? And it was like all these cigarette burns yeah. scars on his arm. Yeah. I was like, mm, maybe he was kind of hoping yeah, they, they go out of your way to show that he's evil, the the slim man, because remember, like he's getting information he leads. There's no reason he has to eliminate the uh, the person he's talking to because he was in disguise. Like he's just a person asking questions. Yeah. And he just makes a point of gunning them down for no other reason than yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I I think you you didn't even need to have that with that character, and you'd still think he was scary. Yeah, but this brought, added a level of crazy. Every scene, every scene no. he was in, it brought tension to it. Yeah, you know, um, I like the little the little Easter egg or nugget of whatever where he's got the kid calling him and he has him listed in the phone as little turd. Well, I mean, that was for the trailer. He was little shit in the movie. Yeah, uh, was it okay? Yeah, yeah I remember well, in the movie, yeah, but I didn't write it down on a trailer. But in the movie, it said little shit. Okay, good catch. But he did say little turd when he was throwing his phone in the trunk little before he turd. went on his little recon <laughs> mission. Yeah. You know, because he pulls up and he sees like army personnel with a, a checkpoint. He's like, oh, what the hell? You know, I, my favorite was, was when he got the call giving him the job officially. He's in there about to do a hit on a married couple and he yeah. takes the phone call. And I'm like, oh, man, he's going to take this job and these guys are going to dodge a bullet and live. And then, nope, boom, boom. Nope. <laughs> pull out of the room and you just hear the shots well it's funny too because he put two rounds in him already before he stepped outside and took the call yeah no that's what i mean like it when yeah he first and then he goes back in there and puts two more rounds in him yeah i'm just like uh, i do like that they used the silencer but they didn't make it so the the round made no noise they actually used the silencer correctly yeah yeah it, it was close enough. It was close enough to be. I mean, probably, like, you, you've got to make allowances for sound technology. You know what I mean? Like, well, there, there's a, it's a, it's an ammo and muzzle combination to get it that quiet. So. Right, right. I mean, just, it was close enough to real that I, I didn't have a problem. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like what you see in some movies where there's it just didn't no. It sound movie. like a mouth part when you pulled it. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, and the scene where they showed him doing training. Remember where he's going through the mountain house? Like, yeah, no lie, that looked like fun. Oh god, that that is fun. I mean, no, no, I mean the house in the, that he was doing that was like, it was like a, a weird pattern, but because it was the brick, uh, the brick, you could actually go and make. Yeah, you just didn't have to face at twelve o'clock. You could hit um, nine and three. Right, right, and and you the hallways that opened when you turned, you didn't have to worry about because it, it was the backstops the way they did they built it. Right. So oh, you yeah, can that, use the hallways as hallways and all that. I just thought that was, oh, and yeah, then, that, that was super cool. I wish I had one in the army. I mean, we I had one with uh, with the paint skin rounds. Yeah, that hurt when you get hit. By the way, oh yeah, especially when you catch one right here, like right underneath the jaw in the neck area and that meaty part. Yeah, that 
That I had is a this mother. little PFC when we went through the, the pre-deployment training with that. This little PFC from Alabama, and I still want to throttle the kid. If he wasn't dead, I'd throttle him again. Uh, but he he was we were going through the house and we were finally done. We're getting the review, they're hammering us because this kid kept messing up, and somehow he shot me in the freaking balls. Oh negligent discharge, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. If the first sergeant had been there, he might have died that day. Oh yeah. Luckily, the first sergeant saved me in my career. See, we're all talking about skinny man. We're all talking about the fat man and how amazing that scene was and everything. But I think the most memorable memorable scene for me outside of Ruth, which I'm not trying to. Oh, that flintlock. Holy crap. I love that scene so hard. I'm not trying to give that many spoiler lures away. So that's my number one scene. But the one that I remember just past that one is um, number seven, finding the bomb. What's that seven? Yeah. All right. he's like, I'm with the military. You just just put it down. Just put it down. And he's all and it's apart. And I was like, Yeah, when the elf is Hold on. Before we get uh before we do that, let's look at these are some of the movie posters that are out there, which I'm digging it. That's uh Slim Man and Fat Man, obviously. This was one of the other ones, same scene, but that's the a poster. Then we have uh, this one, which really leans into the Chris Kringle lore as opposed to the Santa. I love his jacket. Oh, yeah. Oh, me too. It's like a leather tactical jacket. I'm, I'm waiting for Joel to wear that in like The Last of Us season two. This is amazing. I love this cover. This is one, probably one of my favorite um, posters. And then, of course, this is a still of the same scene. And he has that, was it the State Farm commercial that he's in, like Wrecking Havoc? He's mayhem. No, he's not mayhem. That's the brother from Rescue Me. Um, he had he's on another. I want to say it's an insurance commercial, maybe a car commercial. He's wearing an all white suit, and he just and he says his things. He says his lines, and he just stares at the camera, and it's like a very awkward ten seconds till it goes to cut. Yeah. All right. So now that we did the posters, those would it's part of our review. I did it out of order because I'm pulling pictures up, but posters already sold. If the ad copy and the other stuff didn't. Totally. Posters are, uh, well, I mean, if you don't catch the trailer and you see the poster when you're going out to see another movie and that poster's up, it's got to be entertaining. It's got to be impactful. You know, make you, it has to draw interest. And that's now thanks to the days of internet and instant access to stuff. You see that movie poster, like, oh, man, while you're sitting there in the preview, you look it up on the YouTubes, you know, and you get draws you in even further. Oh, like, this is- is, I didn't wait for this movie to come out when I first saw the trailer. Oh, yeah, me too. So these are some stills just that uh, publicly available. So this is uh, Mel Gibson as Fat Man, uh, which is funny because he's not fat in, in this. No. Right? The only time that you hear Fat Man other than the action Ooh. scene is when um, Billy gets the lump of coal. And so on, like- the, on the screen is Billy and that poor little girl who had the science fair win as they're scaring her into retracting her uh, her victory. This is incidental to the plot, so we're not spoiling anything. I mean, this is yeah. a pretty straightforward. The plot it, is... It just, it just accentuates how evil Billy is. Yes, he's a future serial killer. Yeah, he's definitely a Patrick Bateman. Uh, this is a more f- almost friendlier version because he's looking at his elves. That's about the only time you see him happy or smiling. And it's not even a smile. It's more of like a, a grimace. It might be indigestion. Uh, but when he's looking at the elves, yeah, and then you got that jacked up. Could they have not? Did, 
did they not have enough money in the budget to hire a uh, military <laughs> coordinator or correspondent? Because those uniforms were tore up from the floor up. And who the hell is sending a captain on a mission like this? Do you see how old that freaking captain was? Jesus Christ. With his age, he should be a damn full bird. Or he was a Mustang who came after he made Sergeant Major. No, even then, three years, you're a captain after you commission. Yeah. So let's say he was a Mustang and I made E6 around 27 years old. And then I got commissioned in 20 at 28. So by 31, I was a captain. So he should have looked like a 31-year-old, not somebody that's getting ready to have his senior breakfast at Denny's and pay <laughs> card. You know? That that guy looked like he was getting ready. He should be leading a division, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't buy is the rank on him. His uniform just wasn't – I don't know. He, I'm pretty sure he was an MP when they showed him originally in his full dress. No, he had, he had the blue cord and the cross rifles. He was Did he? I was too distracted by Ruth selling it with her facial expressions. Um, she oh stole my, a lot of that movie with her facial expressions. Yeah, like she, she didn't have as many lines, but I'm she stole the show for me. Yeah, especially because, spoiler alert, this is the horniest Santa I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this dude was constantly trying to clap Claw's cheeks. Yeah, I mean. He had buckshot wound through, like, when he got back, and he's still got a hole in him. He's still trying. He's laying up, like, you know, trying to do the, the, the snuggle hump, you know. She's like, no, wait. You said you wanted me to patch up your back. In a minute, let me take care of something first. Yeah, it's like I got, I got to, I got to empty, I got to empty Santa's sack first. Oh my god! <laughs> one sack at a time, baby. One sack at a time. <laughs> one sack at a time, homie. One sack at a time. Oh yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, you know, I had to. I went back and watched that a couple. Not the that part. That sounds bad. I went back and watched him coming in because on the one you just see him going out and you don't really see like anything about his trip. They don't really cover that. And then suddenly he's getting, you know, they show him getting shot. And I'm like, wait, did I miss something? And I kept going back to see it. I'm like, oh, they, they don't actually show you. They just jump in media red. Yeah, they, 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 I think they intentionally did that because it was kind of like, uh, well, we all know what he does throughout the night, right? Yeah, they played on our, our knowledge of what Santa is. So they didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the experience with the Santa lore. Um, and I don't think they needed to show that. I think it was better as an afterthought. Oh, yeah. You know, um, he's like, oh, crap, what the hell happened? Oh, man. And then he's pulling out his sleigh. He's like, holy shit. They shot, well, he says they it, shot me through the floor, damn it. He you know? said uh, some kids shot With some flack at me. He called it. He said some kids shot some flack at me. And it went through the sleigh, me, and it ripped my bag. No, no. It was they got two in through the sleigh, one through him, and they ripped his bag. So there was at least. And he's more pissed about his bag. His bag. He was mad that the bag. He was mad, yeah, because he was like, he had held up the bag. He's like sticking his finger through it, you know, doing <laughs> doing a real Kyle Riggs thing there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was good. I, I, if you can't tell us gushing, we love this movie. It spoke oh, to our cold dead infantry hearts. It was so. It was just a fun movie, and even though it was kind of a slow build up, which is not even really correct because it wasn't slow. There was other things going on, but like. We're all waiting in anticipation for this hitman to finally confront Kringle, you know, and the journey along the way was just fun. It was just a fun movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Even from the bad guy's perspective, when he was doing his, his naughtiness. 
he's driving a blue he's still driving that blue ford right the red chevy oh yeah <laughs> yeah he called it no uh you're still driving that green chevy no no, no red ford he's like uh yeah, like he was so awesome and how he was gathering his intel, even though it was bullshit, because nobody gives that information away like that anymore. Right. But it just it fit his character that he's just like he definitely rolled hard and stacked charisma if he was a and d character. Yeah. So yeah. we've talked about the main characters, the protagonist and the antagonist, the assassin and, and fat man. Uh, who were your favorite secondary characters? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven was awesome. Um, along with the other, um, he had so much sass. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely a foreman. If you're, I don't know if you ever worked in a in an industry that has a foreman. It's that dude. He was just so sassy. He's like, I got things to do, and then he's like, just just put it down, just put it down, and he just assembled that bomb like it was nobody's business. And then you know, he's got like, that, we ain't got time to die vibe going on. Yeah. Right? And Spring then, pops out of the tube, and he's like. Even and they ducks for cover. Even when, like, the whole showdown with the guns started happening and uh, Skinny Man started shooting up the factory, he calls Chris over the walkie and he's like, hey, boss, we're under fire. And he's still like, come on, guys, let's go, let's go, let's go. Well, you have tennis to build. Yeah. He was on it. He's, like, like trying to solve that problem so he can get back to the factory floor and because it's like, man, you're screwing up my production schedule, bro. It's and like he, that line from, uh, from was it Predator? I ain't got time to bleed. This yeah, Predator. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> That's the vibe I got from that character. He's like, I ain't got time for this. I got shit to do, man. Like, I'm building these parts right now, dog. He wasn't... When... What? Go ahead, Stabby. I was saying, even when he was sitting down to eat, and he'd had all like the pie and the Fanta and everything on his tray. And the, the military guys are like, you need protein, you know, protein and fiber, fruit, and veggies. veggies. Like you need, like, nah, you need nah, to go out in the waiting. daylight. You need eight hours of sleep. He's like, no, we get a, a, a 20 minute nap every eight hours and we're going to yeah. go. We are on a 24 hour rotation. Yeah. That dude was <laughs> infantry for sure. Like, he's he's just <laughs> breaking it down that like, no, this is why we love, we live longer than you. <laughs> well, and then you got then you got Santa popping an Alka Seltzer in his whiskey. Oh, I was gonna mention that. And this one, she's like, "That's you. That's I, you. That's you." And I'm like, "I've only done that twice in my entire life." I, I can remember a time or two as well. I was thinking like, "Oh, Mel Gibson knows a thing or two because <laughs> he's yeah. seen a thing or two. <laughs> the only thing he was missing was the uh, peanut butter back. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, th- true story. Um, when I got back and I was dealing with some shit, um, I did pop uh, your like the Alka Seltzer you get at the um, like the convenience store, like the gas station, the, the, one. the little ones. So I popped that in there in a in a shot of whiskey, and then I had a spoonful of peanut butter because the sugar helps. But once it was done fizzing, I'd shoot that. I get that tingly feeling, and woo yeah, and then I with the spoonful of <laughs> peanut butter. I don't do that anymore. I just eat peanut butter for fun now. Or I love peanut butter. Who doesn't love a spoonful of peanut butter in the middle of the night? That's how the terrorists win, because they don't love it. I love peanut butter. So, yeah, I would say for my secondary character, I, I like the ones you named, but just to be a little different, I thought the actress that played the little girl that won the science fair, she she nailed that What's role. her name, Susan? Um, let me see if I can... She had like a really common 1950s Americana name. It was like Susan, I think. Or... I gotta give it up for the maid. At the oh, end. yeah, yeah. The fat man, the, the kid's maid? The maid. 
she, he's like Regina. She he was about to poison his freaking grandmother or great aunt or whatever she was, and the old lady with all the money. And he's like, I told you to leave me alone. And he, you have a guest, and Fat Man and Ruth walk in, and she has this look of disdain on her face as she closes the door. It's just like there were. You could tell she's kind of hoping that the visitor was gonna smoke his ass. Yeah. You just saw the look on her face. I was hoping that he would smoke his ass. Like, fix this child because I can't do it anymore. Like, that made... She she freaking owned that last scene. She owned it. Like, the the speech from the fat man and Ruth were great. The look on uh, Billy's face was great. But the look on the maid's face... That that wasn't Regina. That was, like, Igna or something like that. Regina was, like, a Hispanic lady. And this chick was, like... Do you not speak Eastern Bloc or something like that? Probably Ukraine refugee. She just had this look on her face like, "Mm mm-hmm, you're in for it now. And I'm here for it. (laughs) I want to say her name was Helga. I'm doing a quick... Helga, yes. Something like... Yeah. Uh, The grandma was Anne-Marie. The little girl was Christine? They don't know who Helga was. Um, Helga was was the the maid. Okay, okay. But yeah, it was um the maid. Those poor maids at that house. I'm like, dude, I hope they pay you a lot of money to put up with that. Yeah, like a lot of money. That was some Robert Baron level evil right there. Yeah, little Lord Fauntleroy there. You just right, right. So give him a little I, bath and then hold him under the water till the bubbles stop. <laughs> I will say that the girl that played that actress, like her character acting, like she came off as both in that scene where he was threatening her, like on somehow she still came off as like terrified, but sweet, like the kind of kid you wouldn't mind your kids playing with. Yeah. Like there's a reason why she was on the nice list. Right. Right. And she portrayed that to a T with almost no lines. And like, even when she won, she was like, come over, let's take a picture. We're friends. And he's like plotting her death. Yeah. Yeah. Like right after that, he called the hitman. Yeah. Called Skinny Man. He's like, and then I was like, no, you are not putting a hit on a little girl because she beat you in a science fair. But what's even cooler, and this is almost almost got on me. Like I've watched this a couple times already. When I watch it this time, you realize that dad's into some shady business because his driver just happens to know a hitman on speed dial. Call our friend. Right? Like, okay, so dad's clearly in the mafia or something. Or he's got some shady business dealings because he was spending t- spending christmas in a non-extradition country you know with his girlfriend and not his son like the little boy with the airplane oh. yeah he's like did santa give you that the little he's bumpkin like, he's like yeah and like they're having a, he's he's thinking he's just having a santa conversation he's like i'll give you a 100 bucks for that and he's like hmm and then like 150. 150 i want to know what the final what the final score was how much he ended up shelling out for that toy because they, they cut it off. Yeah. And the kid I was, I, even after 150, he's like, mm, I don't know, man. Don't know. Like, I just got this airplane. And the only thing you see is that kid sitting there with the cash and the skinny man walking away with the airplane. And I'm like, that kid. From first glance, if, this, if he was kid. doling out hundreds, that, that was about 400 bucks. That kid was just. Second Christmas. What's up? Great. I'll just buy myself another tri- another plane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was the secondary characters. Um, 
I almost like when it's just the three of us doing it because then when we go off and like left field, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's so the plot and dysfunctional, JR. That's part of the spiel. Yeah, you do. You do, sir. <laughs> um, so the plot, uh, I think we pretty much nailed it. It's basically kid goes rogue when he gets coal and tries to take a hit on Santa. That's the plot. Like it's, yeah. it's not complex. There's no, I mean, there's character depth, but there's no plot depth. It's straightforward, on the nose action movie, just like we loved in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, it, it was Cole 80s in, goodness. I put coal in everybody's stocking last year. Yeah, but year. For mine was soap. Yours was a coal soap, and then theirs were coal chocolate, but I still put coal in everybody's stocking. Hey, everybody last got coal. So, what do you think about the world building in this movie? I think it was modern it. setting, so that was easy. It was the cold vibes of Eureka, which was in, what was it, the uh, Alaskan? Alaska. Island? Yeah, it was like North Point or something like that. Mm-hmm. Was the name yeah. of the song. So they, they did the setting, nailed it. They The whiteout scenes made it really believable, and it made the, the red in, um, well, maroon, I think. I'm colorblind. It was maroon, right? It was red, but it was Savini red. Yeah, it was a really dark red, but they made the red in his coat pop because of the white backdrop of the winter scene, which yeah. set it as like this is definitely a Christmas movie. But unlike the you know the Hallmark Christmas movie where it's nice and powdery and you're just like oh let's go fuck this was like it looked cold. training at Fort Dix level of suck. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that was cold. Oh my god, that's like tenth mount tenth mountain level training bullshit. Yeah, they, and so like it because even when was he, Fort Drum, like if I I've never been to Fort Drum, I've seen pictures, and that's just kind of how I I feel. But no, like was. they they nailed making you feel the cold in that one because even Absolutely. when he's sitting outside the post office waiting for Chris to come and check his post office box, he's sitting in the car, he's smoking. You see not just his smoke, but you see his breath, and then they zoom out yeah. and you see his exhaust from his car. And you're just like, yep, it's cold. <laughs> well, I, I think what I enjoyed most about it is that it was set in a realistic s- setting. And yeah. I like the color palette they used. It gave oh, it like brilliant. It didn't have that Technicolor whatever that modern, like it almost, it almost felt like a felt throwback like, in the way they did the filmography. Yeah, like in a good way. used to film New York in the winter in the 80s. Yes. Like it had a bite to it. Like if you could be sitting in sunny Florida and 70 degrees and watch that movie and be like, Ooh, and get a little chill in your spine. I will say they, they built upon the lore. They didn't just use the lore to build the movie and rest on it. They added more to it and they made it. So, okay. I know what's going on because there is a presumption. We all know who Santa is. We know what Santa does. We know about the North pole, like all of that. And then they took that. And then they tweaked it just a little bit, like adding just a little bit of garlic to your spaghetti. That was for you, a little, Matt. Little flavor, little flavor, a little flavor. Little flavor. Well, in fact, funny story. I was prepping a meal I was making once, Nick, and uh, I was talking to Stabby as I was prepping it, and I told her I couldn't find garlic at the store and asked her for substitutes, and she said, "Clearly, you don't live around enough Italians," <laughs> because there was no garlic at the store. Okay. That that is a valid point. That was a, that was a fair uh, judgment on but, her. Uh, yeah, it was it was just enough of a tweak to reality. I mean, to the lore and to reality that it was like okay. And now Santa's a, a top secret government op and like all of that, and which the, would also make sense because the dude the, has the ultimate reconnaissance assets. Oh yeah, and the bean counting and like that one blonde chick with the contract. Well, actually, what the contract says on so, like that was just like yep, she works for the government. If anybody ever worked with uh, any type of government bean counter or uh, 
uh, what do they call it? acquisitions is usually what they all fall under um, contracts, things like that. They are predators. They, they, they know that contract in and out and they speak legalese, which is an unfair advantage. So like I totally bought that, uh, the realism of the environment, the world building. It's like he didn't have to do anything that had sparkles in his hands. He didn't have to feed anything to the reindeer that had sparkles in it. You know, we all just kind of went in there knowing reindeers eat special shit to fly. Kringle has a magic that we don't really know what it looks like. We've seen it in movies, you know. And then seeing him just dropping shit with a forty-five was awesome. Oh, in the line in the beginning where he's like doing the target practice to sort of set the scene, and yeah. Ruth says she's leaving. Have fun shooting the trash. Like that line, I was dying. I had just taken a drink of my coffee. Well, and that was a setup too, because you didn't know if you were getting a Santa movie. Like if he's just a guy that everybody thinks is Santa, maybe he's just a guy that delivers toys around his town. Like it set up that he was a normal dude. Yeah. You know? Normal-ish. Ruth definitely yeah. pulled off wife vibes. Oh, she definitely had wife vibes. What have you ever heard Santa talk about like getting a subsidy check like a normal farmer? Yeah. You know, you don't hear that. Like, you don't think about that when you think about Santa. You think about everything is just bought and paid for, just free. So we've we've kind of talked about this, but the cinematography, so how the movie was uh, filmed with, like, jump cuts and all that, this is a movie as it's supposed to, like, I give this 100% grade A awesome. The, the, yeah. They cut around and, Check it yeah. out. Yeah. They didn't make me dizzy. Like, the, the scenes that should have been angled were angled, like, there were a couple scenes where they you almost got the feeling you're looking down the barrel of the weapon with them. Right, the perspective shots. Like, they're, they're, the only shots it, I didn't like was the ones with Billy in it. I was like... But mm. did, did you not like the shot or did you not like the character? But you're supposed to not like him. No, I think it was both. I think for somebody who's supposed to be so wealthy, even like with Grandma, I think with people that are supposed to be so wealthy they just didn't give off that persona just enough in the house itself here's um, where i could be the pretentious artist though like, no, I, it, the house, it, billy's house gave me definitely old school money vibes yeah old money blue money, old money. yeah so i i it looked like a house that should have been a rich person's house in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And for old money vibes, that's exactly like they don't change anything. Like, I don't care about this modern stuff. Like the only reason, the only way I would film Billy different, not saying that the cinematographer and the director did anything wrong. Um, to kind of like put his, how Billy sees himself and his prowess. I would film him from looking up at him because that would yeah. add a cinematography aspect to the character of if he's always filmed with looking up at him, that gives you kind of an idea of how he sees himself, but we're getting a little artsy fartsy for, for me right now. So that, that's the only change I would have made. Other than that, I think it was beautifully shot. I think they really planned it out. Um, or maybe they did film him from the downward angle when he was going upstairs to kind of show that he is a little man in a big environment. Well, they kind of did that. Remember when he got the present from his dad and he's standing there being all pious jerk yeah, to the maid and he's like, well, give it to me. And so he does. And then suddenly like the little boy who just wants daddy's attention is there and he's running up the stairs. Yeah, to open he it. Waits till the maid leaves the room and then he frantically runs upstairs like as an excited you, child, you get the impression just like with Slim Man, the Hitman, 
but for better family situation, maybe they could have turned out differently. Because clearly he's smart. Yeah. Like, the, the presumption is he made those science fair projects himself. Kid's yeah. not dumb. No. But he was twisted by a piss poor upbringing, basically. You could also I, see that he was alone, and that's kind of he was his outlet, along yeah. with being a uh, a shitty child. You know. Yes. But, but but how much of that is because mommy mommy was dead and daddy wasn't there? Yeah, that's neat. That's uh, that's nurture. Yeah, and then grandma was nature, but there's nurture there. Grandma was a touch of love, but she was so sickly that. But she was she was this you could like at the end she's like I want to know who took that money and I want that list and I want them dead and I want their families dead. You know, grandma was a grandma was a heel. Back in the day, but you know they showed her in the beginning. Yeah, she they was opened it. freaking crime lord or whatever business that they were involved in because they never go into that. But, sanitation. Yeah, yeah. Department of Sanitation. You know Tony Soprano over there. You know. <laughs> now someone's gonna be like, like, someone's gonna legitimately be in the sanitation business, and she's gonna tell somebody like, "No, really, I." No, for real, for real. Like I, I, I collect garbage. You know, I got a pension. I'm in the union. I, I make six figures. It's good. Because <laughs> it's so, that's accurate. Like, I should have been a garbage man. So uh, the world building, I think they nailed it. Cinematography, I think they nailed it. Uh, Stabby, did you want to weigh in on those? I kind of did, didn't I? You yeah. cinematography. So for those watching at home, she gave me two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Sorry. Barbara and Daba give it two, two hands. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh... <laughs> no, right, it, so, was it was good. They definitely made you feel cold. They made um, Santa's workshop look like a workshop. It wasn't all tinsel yeah, and. It and definitely wasn't uh, your typical Christmas it Santa wasn't workshop. Tinsel and trees and and light fairy lights and stuff. It it looked like a workshop, like a factory. Did anybody else notice their um, the elves' engineering vests? No, I'm missing that. What am I? Yeah, they, they had tools. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had tools, all like not like fighting tools, like tools for industry and factory yeah. stuff. They had, they had uh, trimmers. They had I like the fact wrenches. That they, they had stuff they were, for what they were doing. I like the fact that when they were going to eat, it was very factory orientated. Like they, they didn't just all go to this magical kitchen and have these magical things. They were going through the line like you would. No, the, the cooks looked like, like they were getting into it. Like they were sweating making all that shit. Right, but they all came through with their tray like you yeah. would in a factory. You come through with your tray and you just grab this and you grab that and you, you move on. And it, it the definitely, elves, they did a great job building the world. They really did. The elves yeah. moved through the child line in an orderly fashion that is akin to good order and discipline. So for those watching at home who aren't watching Nick's facial expressions, what he's telling you is it looks like that warehouse was managed by the people that run the Chick-fil-A uh, drive through line. Oh, yeah. They were super quick. Oh, they were on it. I'm just saying if we go to war again, I'm hiring those people to design like our battle plan. Yes. We should get them to sponsor us. Absolutely. Free nuggets. Oh, we could be bribed with food. Not lying. And oh, absolutely. Food. There's no shame in my game. You give absolutely. me the grilled chicken nuggets and a whole oh, bunch of Polynesian yeah. sauce, I'm good. Absolutely. So, uh, oh, yeah. Whew. All right. Overall, what are our thoughts? Four stars. Check it out. I give it a four star, too. Uh, four out of five? Oh, four out of four. Holiday. We normally do these on a five star rating. So you're giving it four? 
I'm giving it a five then. Top okay. Marks. Five stars. Check it out. Heck yeah. Um, I'll I, do the I, Billy Bob lineup if you want. We need to we need to introduce JR to Billy Bob so we he do. understands our four stars. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Bob caps it four stars, but it caps he has of course he has ne- neon stars and if it's a good Joe movie. Bob has Darcy the Male Girl, oh, I have Marissa the Male Girl. Okay. So overall, I'm going to give it five out of five stars too, or five out of five grenades. If you remember back in the day on my, uh, my blog, when I reviewed them there and not for upstream, this is definitely an explosive good time. Oh, absolutely. I give it five bayonets then. Five bayonets. There you go. There you go. Definitely stabs Um, you in the feels a little. And so for those of you paying attention at home, the year is almost over January season four starts. Uh, That is four years. Nick and I have been uh, doing the do. Jesus Christ. Has it been four years? Yep. And then because I started in 2016 with with the other one, and now it's four years with you going into our fourth year with you, I should say. Um, and four, it was four years ago today that I was able to put a face to the guy that uh, provided provided the life-saving uh, pew-pews. So even even I remember us sitting here having that conversation while we were waiting for that late guest. And even yeah. Stabby was getting emotional. Uh, un- unlike when I was there, when the first time that I met you, I was sober. Uh, I was not sober by the time that guest showed up. I know, dude, you started asking me questions like you thought I was BSing that answer. I had to vet you, man. You know the deal. Yeah, but no, I was just like, what the? I was doing the same thing. I'm like, nah, you're not. You're not messing with me. I was there. I know the thing. <laughs> did, did, you, did you hear this call sign once or twice over the radio? I. Did. How do you know that? Because I was there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're going into four years. We've got some big announcement for season four coming up. Some new art. Uh, we did not commission Nick to draw it uh, because he's got comics to produce. And Stabby says she needs a new pair of shoes. Uh, apparently, Vans are redoing something, something with Vans. I don't know. She Vans. wants them. Or Converse. She wants her combat Crocs too. I'm told that's a thing. I'm working on it. I'm working on yeah, it. Yeah. So we need at least three more books from Nick this year. <laughs> She's like, I don't like Crocs. Shut up. People are going to actually give me I don't Crocs. I know if you guys want a sequel actually, to I do uh, love my, my Crocs, but I just, have, I just have your basic, basic ass Crocs. Like, I don't have any of the little things on them. I don't have anything special. I, I went OG on my Crocs. I can do it with it. It's going to smell funny. Do you do the the Uggs? Do you go the one you I drink your Christmas gift I ever got you? The very first Christmas gift that Nick ever got me was my own pair of official Uggs because I've had like I used to work for Old Navy, so I had like knockoff Uggs. But um, he bought me my first pair of real Uggs, but he made sure that it wasn't uh, the Han Solo Uggs. He bought <laughs> they're calf high, not knee high. They're calf high. They're knitted. They're gray and they're knitted and they have buttons up the side. So like they um they don't look like your normal Uggs. They look like I have cold feet and I like to keep them warm. <laughs> cold feet. Cold feet. But, yeah. Okay. So um, but yeah, so I, I absolutely love this show. I recommend all of you go out and buy it. Links are in the thing. You can watch it on Amazon Prime for $3.99. You can rent it. You can buy it for $12.99 in Blu-ray from Amazon. If you have Peacock, you can watch it there for free. Probably other places you can watch it as well. It's worth your time. This is one of the ones that's going to be a holiday tradition. You're going to want to come back to this one year oh. after year, I think. Yes. Um, and I would, love, 
I would love There's a, a gunfight to the tune of dun, 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 Carol of the Bells. Oh, that's right. I forgot. How did I forget that? Gunfight with Carol of the Bells? Oh, my God. That's an instant five. Yes, that's a new thing. Like We're, we're going to have to try that. Um, I, I like their attention to detail with the weapons. They didn't leave the grunt in me cringing. There's proper weapon handling, proper trigger discipline. Uh, they would get it. They would get a go on my range. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, Ruth, I would be afraid to tell her no with her flintlock. I don't know if she followed protocol. I don't know what range safety for a flintlock looks like, but I'm still going to give her a pass because I don't know. I, I, I just, she just, said, "I'm sorry." First, was she Canadian? I think I'll just clear for black powder and give her her own range lane, um, her own lane. When she apologized, all I could think of was, "Is she Canadian?" I bet she has a blunderbust. Oh, I fired one of those. Oh my good. That's a kick right there. That's a kick. But anyway, we're not here to talk weapons. We like guns. We like cool stuff, but we're here to review the movie. We loved it. You will love it too. Go watch it. Uh, Do the thing while you're watching this uh, and you're shopping for Christmas. Nick, are you doing any Christmas specials this year for your books? Uh, I might put a little holiday code up on the websites. Um, that holiday code will be as I make it up and write it down. So I remember to put it on the websites will be, uh, grunt Christmas, grunt Christmas, grunt because I only have so many characters. Grunt Xmas. All right. Let's do that on the sponsor real quick. Uh, Apogee discount. What did we call it? Grunt Xmas. And we'll say we'll knock off 10% off any order you have. All right. And then my books are on sale in various places, lowered prices for the holiday season. Uh, we have recently made the plunge and said, Bezos, be gone. Okay, not really, but we went wide uh, on all the all the properties I own outright. Um, I've started looking at publishers for some of my other stuff that are going wide. Um, I just didn't think the... I didn't think I was getting my money's worth for KU to be Kindle Unlimited to be exclusive to them. It just didn't seem as viable for someone who writes at the speed I write at. So we right. went wide. So some of our places, we've got some discounts on the pricing. So go check it out. Um, and we appreciate you coming on. So with those discounts in mind, let me tell you how you can find us on the wild, wild interwebs. We are on our link tree at L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we link, where we link to the bitch shoots, the rumbles, the twitters, the email for official business purposes only. We have our Facebook group and our Facebook page, and finally, most importantly, according to some, we have Madam Stabby Stabs Instagram, Twitter, and email linked in the thing. We link to Apogee as well, so you can check him out. Uh, you linked to me, yours truly, Jr. Do the thing by the books. You can support us also by going to our website at anchor.fm slash blasters tech and tech blades. Again, anchor.fm slash blasters tech and tech blades, where for as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep the lights on. We no longer qualify because we're not big enough anymore with the changes Spotify made for um, monetization over on Anchor FM or Spotify. But uh, you can still donate to us and sponsor us that way, or you can support the show more directly at buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that is for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co-host duly caffeinated with all the eggnog Nick can drink. And I have it on good authority 
The man is a bottomless pit. It's gallons with eggnog. Gallons. I can't get past the time I worked as a barista to pay for grad school, and I saw what was left at the bottom of the eggnog mug when we steamed it. I just know. It's a no. It's a no at this station, sir. Dude, put it in a cup, throw some coffee in it, and give it to me. I will drink it all. Out freaking standing. And you could also support us by going to our affiliate link to Coffee Brand Coffee. Uh, and use the code podcast grunts and you'll get a discount 10%. Uh, you're supporting an American company made by Americans in America. Well, they don't grow the coffee, I don't think, in America, but all the other stuff where they sell coffee, tea, hot chocolate, they sell candies, snacks, mugs, t shirts, all the cool things. And you're helping us out and you're getting something out of it. Probably not following all the cool codes on how to make that as profitable for us because. We don't want to overshill, um, but if you do like coffee and you like gourmet coffee, and you want your once in a life or your you know once in a while specialty stuff, check them out. Stabby and I are both hooked. Uh, I think right now we're the only ones using our discount code, so we're getting paid back for buying our own. Wait, we're bad drug dealers. <laughs> Never get high from your own supply, bro. Man, we they failed drug have- dealer one hundred and one. They have tea. They have cocoa. They have chocolate covered coffee beans. They have taffy, like saltwater taffy. They have bark for Christmas, like peppermint bark. They have all the good things. Not to mention the great swag. They have cups. They got t-shirts. Hats, hoodies. Hats, hoodies. The cups are really awesome for cold and um, hot beverages. Mm -hmm. I got a coffee cup, one that I use for my coffee, and then I got a... um, We have a tumbler. Is that what it was? I got you a tumbler that Mm -hmm. keeps the cold stuff cold. Mm -hmm. It's great stuff. Okay. All right. American product. So, with that being said, we appreciate your time this holiday season. Remember what the season is all about, whether you're religious or not. Spending time with family. Tomorrow isn't promised, so seize today and enjoy the little moments. That's something Nick and I learned in a battlefield far, far away a lifetime ago. But tomorrow's never promised. And you do not want to regret that the last thing you said to someone was being a total douche nozzle. So. There's two phrases I want everybody to remember during this holiday season. One of them is carpe diem, which is seize the day, which is a sophisticated way of saying YOLO. YOLO! The other one is momentum more. Remember death. We're not on this planet very long. Make the best of it. Share time with kindred spirits and family and loved ones and uh, make it worth it. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you struggling like I did for many years and still do for the holiday season, you need someone to talk to. We're around. Nick and I don't make a secret where we are on the face pages. Just go to our group, find us. There's community there. Um, we're not sponsored by them. There is a huge veterans community in the Galaxy's Edge Discord. There's a special channel just for veterans. If you ever need somewhere to talk, there are 1-800 numbers. Don't take a uh, permanent solution to a temporary problem. So Absolutely. reach out. Reach out this holiday season because holidays are hard on everybody, and that's when um, self-deletion rates go up. Don't want to bring the room down, but don't let that be you. Trust us, it it's not worth it. And we want to see you next Christmas. We want to see you I next Christmas. I send treats. And we want to see you in the comments telling us your favorite holiday tradition, favorite holiday food, favorite holiday meal. I guess that's a food. Uh, Ooh, and, I want a uh, uh, favorite food. side dish, too, because I'm running out of ideas. Ooh, that's a good idea. So just join the conversation. It's fun. We love talking to you. That's why we do this, because uh, Nick and I don't have to record ourselves talking if it was just for us. Uh, we do that, and we get even crazier when there's no one watching. Oh, yeah. That's when the bottle comes out. Absolutely. 
with eggnog. <laughs> All right. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For my crazy inebriated co-host, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. Enjoy your holiday season, people. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Festivus for the rest of us. I'm sure there are religious traditions. I am forgetting. Kwanzaa's around Christmas time. Yeah, yeah it does, doesn't Islam have something around Christmas? Is Ramadan? Ram, Ramadan's a little bit later, but it's it's within this season. Happy to all of you. We love you all. Thank you for sticking with us through our third season. Hope you welcome us into the fourth one. We're almost done. Let's do the deed and hit the end button.